after a successful, albeit muddled, extraction from the university at Mainstay. Everyone, Bartholomew, Val, Rolandir, Mick, Vamok, Luna, Cad, and Brynir have all made it safely outside the Arcanum. They were successful in gathering weapons for the coming fight against Miralag's aspect, and Vamok was able to create a perfect replication of a teleportation circle deep beneath the university. Now, after everyone has safely arrived back at Lord Dacus's estate, Val has retrieved their gold, Lord Dacus's stewards have finally relinquished the party's weapons back to them, and everyone has a moment to catch their breath after their explosive entrance. The party finds themselves once more in Lord Dacus's sitting room, alone, save for Lord Dacus himself. As the sun sets outside, Lord Dacus sits uneasily, his knee tapping quicker and quicker as he looks between the group, waiting anxiously for news about his niece. Well, um, suffice it to say, it's going to be a lot longer before you see her. What do you mean? She's not at the college. Whatever do you mean? I mean that she's not at the college. Gather that from your sayings. But then where is she? Uh, we don't know. Not yet. Uh, the, the attack on the college seems to have disappeared during that time. Saying she was taken? Or, or killed? Hopefully taken. But, I mean, we, we can't really confirm one way or the other right now. I dare say that's a rotten lot to choose between. Lord Darkus is silent for a moment as he calms and composes himself and then looks once more at the group with a more hardened expression. I won't call this a success, but I wouldn't say it's a failure either. You have afforded me some peace here, though I dare say it is very little. I fear... My Lord Valentine, that I must regretfully relinquish that which I had initially promised. Though you may enjoy the hospitality of this manor home for a few days more at your convenience, I do not believe I am in a suitable position as of right now to help you move further into the courts and seek your own goals. I do hope you understand. And keep in mind that I still owe you a great debt for this information and pray to... Employ your services once more when the time has come to dig a little deeper. But for now, I need my rest. This is heavy news indeed. Uh, uh, he kind of perks up a little. Uh, this saddened demeanor suddenly gone underneath a once more cheery facade. Professional and such. Please, make yourselves welcome at home. Do as you will and as you must. All your belongings have been accounted for, if I'm to understand it correctly. You'll find them here. If you need call upon me, ask instead for one of my stewards. I will be indisposed for a matter of time. As for now, I will bid you good night and goodbye for the foreseeable future. And with that, he stands, straightens out his waist jacket, gives you a little bow, and then exits the sitting room, leaving you all to the silence of the night air and the very dim fire crackling in the fireplace. Now, I am not one to complain. However, I do not know if we really achieved what we sought after with this interaction. I mean, I guess our greater goal is completed, but did we not want a bit more of a integration into Mainstay? Uh, to be fair to Lord Dacus, we have not completed the task that he gave us, which was returning his niece to him. 
As far as I'm concerned, he fulfilled his use for now. We've armed ourselves for the coming fight. Yes, we got what we came here for. We should proceed to fight Mira Lagzaspect. I recommend that we first travel to the Kinlands, where we can use intent more freely, and then from there, we can go to Miralag's realm and be done with this business of killing aspects. And how is it you propose we go to the Kinlands? Through the use of intent. The Magisters would be able to track us, but they surely would not follow us into the Kinlands. I should think not, no. In that case, we should um, not leave from Lord Dacus's estate. I'm not particularly keen to burn this bridge exactly yet. Hmm. It would make the most sense, in my opinion, to return to this uh, circle that you all found beneath the university. From there, we can minimize the effect that our transportation will have upon the city and ourselves, with any luck. And how do we get there again? I can take us. But that will alert the Magisters. Anything will alert the Magisters. Then we'll just have to move quickly. And what has changed since the first time? Why could we go to the circle now? We took us a bit of time to get in there in the first place. You have made a copy of it, have you not? Yes. Here, examine it for yourself. And the mock hands Val, the copy of the teleportation circle. Val will study it very carefully. Before we leave, of course, our effects have been given back to us. Perhaps we should collect them and remove ourselves from Lord Dacus's estate. As to protect his identity and also not to alert the magisters or draw attention to him. That's a good idea. I mean, we will have to transport ourselves within the university and that will send up a flare. So just wherever we are in the city, it should be somewhere that's already a bit inconspicuous or at least somewhere that isn't going to draw any undue attention to Lord Dacus and whatever future endeavors we still have here. Uh, do we have time to rest? I mean, I do not see why not. We... I don't want to overstate our case, but I'd say that we've done some significant work here, and I'm sure Lord Dacus would not rob us of a moment to rest and relax. Maybe just to, just for the night until we figure out what we're going to do. We did not complete our task, as you said, but we did give him news. We did as best we could, and honestly, he still thought she was in the university. So, And to be honest, I'm still quite unsure of what having a copy has to do with us getting back into the college. I can teleport us to this circle now that I know what it looks like. Ah, this intense stuff has never been my forte. Well, wielding an axe is not mine, so I am glad to have you. Brynir just nods. If Lord Dacus is offering us a place to stay for the night, I vote we take it and we can move out in the morning. Very well. Then I see no reason to linger and discuss the matter further. Let us rest here for the night, and then move out at first light. I would advise also informing Lord Darkus. We want to keep relations between him friendly, do we not? Most definitely. If I am to complete my assignment, I will need him. Inform him of what exactly? Our intention to stay or leave on the morrow? Why not both? Very well. I'll, I'll see to it and call upon one of those stewards as he instructed. And with that, Karagas stands and also exits the sitting room. Vimok just looks at everybody, doesn't say anything, and leaves the room to go find somewhere to sleep. Mick is going to stand up and is going to recover his personal effects. Yeah. All of your belongings that were confiscated at the gates 
have been brought back by Lord Dacus's servants, and they've been arrayed along one side of the room. Mick's going to pick up his rapiers and is going to retire for the night and find a room. Wait, rapiers plural? Yeah, remember how I have my old one and then I also have my magical one? One's for showing and one's for Yeah, stabbing. the other one I, I barely use anymore, but it's... Okay. Yeah, it's still technically... Yeah. Mick just likes to have two rapiers on the belt. Thinks it makes him look intimidating. It was a gift from a fron. <laughs> yeah. Well, now Mick has a scimitar as well. Yeah. So. Oh, yes. All, all so sorted much. up. Yeah. Hey, Love that scimitar. I'm pretty sure Lyrian still had... No, wait, no. He gave the halberd to, to Rolandir and he just tossed it aside. Oh, like it was nuts. nothing. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Luna, seeing the group start to disperse, will actually go out on the balcony for a bit and just sit there in the cool night air. Can Val go with her? I don't see why not. She doesn't say anything as she sits and just looks out on Mainstay. Lord Dacus's estate offers a pretty decent view of the city. See many lights and torches and whatnots burning below the great lights of the city and the harbor in the distance. I think Val will be quiet for a while and then say, do you think we can do this? I hope you can. Just hope. What's wrong with hope? Nothing at all. I just don't know if I understand it anymore. Well, you have lost a lot. We all have. Um, even I just... It's strange still. I, I know, I know you and the others from what Cad told me and helped me recover. But there's still bits and pieces missing where... The memories haven't yet filled themselves in. Experiences that I know I've had with you, but it's as if someone was just telling me about them. It's not the same as actually living through them. Yeah. And I don't recall living through them. I know the feeling, so I don't... <laughs> if anything, I think you got a little worse. Well, I don't remember anything, so... And I don't know that it is possible to recover, but... It is gone, and I am no longer capable of feeling grief, so I suppose I can't really say that I regret it. You can't feel grief over what you don't know, but you know quite a bit now. And if things didn't go as planned, and we lost more, I just hope you're ready for that. Can anyone really be ready for that, Luna? I guess not. Val... Do you remember your parents' names? No. Has no one told you? I don't know that anyone else knows them. I wish I did. I'm sorry. Thank you. With that, Luna actually will stand. I just cross her arms, looking out over the city. Give a little shiver before squeezing Val's shoulder and then going inside. I think Val will stay and look out at the city for a little bit longer, and then go in and go to sleep. Anyone else in the sitting room still? I think that's uh, Bartholomew, Brynir, Rolandir, and Mick. Rolandir will go and retire to bed for the night. Bartholomew also, you know, he didn't really lose anything because all he has is a bunch of bottles in the, his backpack, so he just heads on to snooze. I will say this, uh, as Mick is getting ready for bed, he lays down in his bed and is kind of contemplating the events of the day and 
his mind starts to wander. He remembers the picture that they all took as a company from what seems ages ago. He takes that out and starts to look at each individual in the photos. Looks at Rolandier and his giddy face as he takes a picture and then starts to scan his eyes across Kelniace and Leirotz and the rest of the company and starts to realize and starts to contemplate the, the challenge of defeating this last aspect. And as he does this, he uh, becomes concerned, obviously, for the events that will occur in the future, but then kind of pays no mind to it, puts the picture away, and falls asleep. As Mick is putting things away and preparing for bed, finally, uh, there's a rap at his door. Mick goes to the door to see who it is. Katagas stands in the doorway, kind of gives Mick a once-over, and then looks you in the eye and says, Just going around, making sure everyone has everything they need for tonight. Spoke with one of the stewards, and they said they could fetch anything from the lower mains if need be. Provisions and whatnot, so just kind of take an inventory for tomorrow's journey. Oh, caddy. Anything on your mind? Ah, uh, no, just getting ready for bed, really. Oh, caddy, how kind of you to do as such. Um, I would say rations, something to prepare for a journey. We have no idea where we're going in the Kidlands. That would be my request. Well, you bring up a good point. We don't really know where we're going. I haven't spoken with Vamak yet, but I presume he has somewhere in mind. If not, actually, my family has an ancestral estate in the countryside we could potentially reside in if it isn't completely fallen to ruin. Now you tell me, Cad. What a marvelous idea. I say you propose it to all of us. I'm on board, at least. Well, when I say ruin, I mean ruin. Oh. We'll be lucky if there are stones still standing. Is there anything that you left there that you wish to see or any other purpose for going there? No. Everything I had is gone. My family's dead. Sometimes I forget it, if I'm being honest, Cad, that you too were dead or gone previous to us resurrecting you. Yes, not too long ago, in fact. Truth be told, I haven't thought about it much. I actually can't remember a single minute of my time on, well, I don't quite know what to call it, the other side, perhaps? I was never for gods and religion, much unlike at Nelvkin. But, no, uh, there's something, I can tell you that. Couldn't tell you what, though. And can't guarantee it's exactly the same for the likes of you and the others, as it is for me and mine. I suppose there's no guarantee besides... Dying in itself. So it seems, at least to me, I'm no expert. Well, if death is the only absolute, then I guess there's not much else to worry about. Rations, was it? I'll mark it down. Thank you, Caddy. Have a wonderful night. Mm -hmm. And he stomps away. Uh, Brynir is going to go ahead and retire to his room. Shortly after Brynir is chilling out in his room, he hears a little... On the door. And, uh... <laughs> sounded like you did that in Vamok's voice, too. <laughs> Vamok does fully. He it's, doesn't actually Vamok, knock. Vamok is outside the door going, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> No one ever taught me how to knock. <laughs> Carry on. I, I said enter. Vamok opens the door to Brynir's room, and he says, Brynir... Do you have a moment? 
at this point, Brynir is actually at uh, desk, slightly bent over. Looks like he's uh, drawing something, but he looks up at Vamak and says, Yes, what do you need? What do you have there? You never struck me as the artistic type. Yeah, hey, something that I used to do with my brother, but I haven't done it as of late. While I may not be necessarily the best, I do think that I can do a good job. Plus, it's much like fighting. You can't take back the marks that you make. You have a brother, and presumably other family as well. Why did you leave them? Well, I never really figured you for one for questions, but it is no secret. I was forced to leave my home. Uh, I was responsible for the deaths of many dear friends. These are actually a few of them here. They were my squad mates, and I think back to it, and there is something strange. Something controlled me. I think that the, honestly, maybe one of the aspects, Aduidium's one, uh, I believe it was Logos, when I first met the people of this group, and that, that was our first battle together. And do you not travel with them as a way to atone for past wrongdoings? Or is there some other reason? It is part of it. As a child, I was given the task to protect the Godborn. And the only reason I am alive is so I can complete that task. Hmm. And what would you do if the Godborn were no more? Not killed. But simply not God one. Would you still fight to protect them? Or do you have some other goal in mind? If there were no longer God one to protect, if I did not have a clear purpose with them, I would seek to make amends with my people and return to the one that I love. Hmm. Interesting. So, your life would not be negatively impacted if there were no more God one to do as they please. I wouldn't say that completely. The Godborn have given me a purpose. When the the group found me, I was wishing I was dead, but kept alive by the will of my people to complete the task that I was given as a child. And so, if I was not able to return to my people, then I would have nothing left to do. Very well. That was all I wanted to know. Rest well. The coming fight will surely not be easy. And with that, Vamok just turns around and exits, shutting the door behind him. Brynir goes back to his drawing. The night goes on without any further incident. For those who are a bit lighter sleepers, you may be woken up a little past midnight by the slightest crash from upstairs and the heavy sobbing of what can only be Lord Dacus. Come sunrise. The estate is lively, with activity, as servants and stewards go to and fro, preparing breakfast for all of you and their lord. Rolandier is among the first up. Took an hour or two to train in the yard, get more used to his new one-handed situation, and then came inside for breakfast, packed things up, and is ready to go when everyone else is. 
and you can assume that training was done uh, with Brynir. Brynir would be training anyways, but I remembered specifically that he only has his non-dominant hand, and we said that we were going to practice that. Bartholomew, if anyone were paying attention, has awoken rather haggard, and he looks ill. Does not appear to have slept well. He looks physically tired. Not exhausted, but tired, uncomfortable, and kind of a, a cold sweat. Not everyone attends breakfast at the same time, and the food is just there, continental breakfast buffet style, for everyone to just come and get things when they're ready. Luna's pretty late to the to the party, and seems she didn't sleep well either. She's wearing the same thing she wore last night. She hasn't really taken care of herself, and she just looks beat. And after breakfast, she retires to her room again. I'm going to assume that Mick comes down for breakfast only after Luna leaves, so just so you're aware. But Mick comes down and looks his right and sees that Barty is looks apparently ill and says, Barty, my dear boy, not feeling well today. That, that'd be a fair description of my condition, I must say. i not quite sure what got me, but I just... I feel like I've been hit by a carriage. Huh. You know, that happened to me a couple of months ago. Food poisoning. Perhaps something you should consider. Obviously, you're not the one cooking today. <laughs> you in the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> I was hit by a carriage I, I, not long yeah, ago. I was honestly, I was kind of hoping right? for both. <laughs> I not only felt terrible, but also I got hit by a carriage. It was the worst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't even interpret um, it that way, so that's amazing. <laughs> but um, <sighs> Please continue. Yeah, Matt, did everyone eat those sardines yesterday, or was that just me? I'm not quite sure. Occasionally, fish doesn't agree with me, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll pass. There's nothing, nothing to worry about here, no. Um, and then he looks horrifically green and sprints off. Mick, seeing this, is not going to take the risk and will not be eating the food for breakfast and will just prepare himself for the day. Cad eats very little as he's quite busy getting packs together, um, taking inventory, and it's well after breakfast, maybe approaching 10 a.m., quarter two at least, when he and Vamok find themselves in the same room, and Cad just overlooking this store of everything that the party has accumulated, turns to Vamok and says, Y'all found some rather interesting finds in the vaults, didn't you? Yes. This was only a small fraction of what was present. I can imagine. Still, you brought back some mighty good artifacts. They'll help us. Yes. Hopefully, it will be enough to allow us to prevail against this final aspect. But we will never know until we try. Unless perhaps you can see the future. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think even that eludes the greatest of Arcanists. He, he kind of just motions to you, Vamok. Um, you've got this new shield and sickle. Maybe not on your person currently, but by your belongings at least. He says, You expecting some close quarters combat now? No. At least. Not necessarily. But these 
weapons. They have special properties. Yeah, I will demonstrate. And with a little bit of mental exertion, the mock kind of reaches out to this shield and sickle, and they both begin to hover. The the shield slowly circles around the mock, while the sickle kind of twirls in midair, going to wherever the mock points his eyes. It is quite easy to control these by simply thinking commands. This shield will be useful for me. I can simply have it defend me. Please, try to strike me. <laughs> Very well. And Cad just winds up a punch and lets loose. And the shield just kind of reactively puts itself in between Vamok and Cad, where the blow is going to land. Cad catches himself, stops, you know, before impacting this solid shield, but you just hear a laugh. <laughs> That's nice. That's good. And then he steps up to the sickle, kind of looking at it midair, craning his neck to look at the edge of the blade and the hilt. It's like, this is some impressive sigildry. It's old. It's not human runes either. I'd say it were kinlish, but <laughs> I'm not even sure about that. You would know much more than I. All I know is that it seemed to call to me, seemed to be fitting. And for now, it seems to have accepted me as its master. Whatever the case, it has an immense amount of energy stored within it. Commanding it should take nearly no effort at all. Indeed. And just for a little bit of flair, Vamak has the sickle run across, like, uh, the top of the drapes of, like, one of the windows or Rude. something. <laughs> and it just cuts it straight off. Mm. <laughs> yes, it would seem that is accurate. And with that, Vamok kind of mentally puts them back down into place, uh, just wherever they were arranged before. Wherever Val is at this later time... Rolandir comes up and asks, just pointing to this chest of human money that the group now has, what exactly is our plan with this? I had thought maybe to ask Vamok if we could store it in his sort of extra planar space. That is pretty convenient, isn't it? Well, we may need it again, um, in case we come back here. I don't really want to go to the bank again. Not if we can avoid it. Though it might be a while until we're back, truth be told. I think Val kind of noticeably prickles at that. Um, he seems very anxious about his assignment in the city, but sort of pushing that down actively. Anyone else doing anything of note? I do think when we're ready to go, Val will go check on Luna. A little later, after 10 or so, everyone's congregated in the lower parts of the estate, whether in the dining room or the sitting room from the night before, or even the entrance hall, just rearing and ready to go. All except Luna. Um, Val kind of looks at Cad like, back up, please. <laughs> and then kind of, you know, heads upstairs. Cad gives Val a strange look as he then continues to sort and count provisions. Okay, <laughs> Val will go by himself very nervous and knock on her door. Uh, you don't get an answer. Luna, we are um, getting ready to leave. You don't get an answer. Oh dear. Can I try? I'll knock again. <laughs> Luna? As you knock, you push the door a little as it was slightly ajar. She left oh alone. I'm gonna very carefully open the door. Inside is a bed that hasn't been made up. An open wardrobe 
Luna's satchel kind of hanging on a rack. Small pile of clothes and whatnots on the ground. Things from Lord Dacus, but Luna's not there. There's a candle burning on one of the end tables. Ah! Uh, Val will cast Sending to her immediately and say, Where are you? Are you all right? And replying audibly, Luna from behind you in the doorway, who's just like drying off her hair. (laughs) Like, what? I thought you had been kidnapped or run away. Good. I just went to wash up. Okay, good. (laughs) I was very nervous. And she's she's fully, you know, dressed and ready to go. She just kind of wrings out her hair and throws a towel aside and walks past you, giving you a slightly odd glance before grabbing her satchel and kind of kicking the pile of clothes near the underside of the bed. <laughs> she's disgusting. I love it. <laughs> I think she's just depressed, too. <laughs> she knows this isn't her room, though. Like, if she just kicks those clothes under the bed, they're just gone. They're there. Like, she's not getting them back. <laughs> she's not getting them back. <laughs> Uh, it's just stuff that Lord Dawkins proffered her, so. The servants will come by, clean them, wash them, you know, whatever. Dry clean the works. For all we know, it's still it's still the robes from the, the college or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. could be the nasty, fake. The school robes. <laughs> outdated school robes. Sorry, I'm just sort of inclined to assume the worst. I hope that says more about me than you. I, you know, I don't really know, and perhaps it should stay a mystery. She gives you an odd look, says, okay, and steps out of her room again and heads down the hall. <laughs> Val absolutely just, like, <laughs> face palms very hard. Even the nerd. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this takes me back to something recent. <laughs> yeah, but Mark is in the corner like, man, even I'm smoother than that. <laughs> He's not good with people. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> he'll go back downstairs uh, very chagrined well it's just funny because like technically Val is the closest in age to Luna yeah <laughs> I think he's especially bad with people his own age or more like, maturity maybe yeah or, I think that's why Val yeah. Val continually tries to make a connection with Luna because of this they're so close in I guess the hypothetical maturity levels I mean they're not that much younger than Brynir how old is Brynir? 24. Oh. Well. There's a big difference but, between 18 yeah. and 24. And and there's also a big difference between, like, people that have grown up, like, you know, kind of fended for themselves and, and somebody that, like, <laughs> killed everybody he knew. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Brynir is much more uh, grizzled. Oh, yeah. 100%. He has a different life experience. Let's yeah, just say exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I don't know if he was ever much of a teenager. All right, with everyone gathered once more on the lower floors of the estate, Rolandir kind of ushers everyone into the same room, and then that's where Cad has also gathered all these provisions and packs and whatnots. And he looks out and he says, All right, well, moment of truth, where are we going? I think anywhere in the lower mains will do, to be honest. We find a slum, we teleport inside the university, and we get out of here. That sounds very good to me. The sooner we are off, the better. I am ready to leave. Well, good. Who's got the most experience in mainstay? I don't know that any of us have very much experience at all. I believe we've all been here the same amount of time. True. All right, then. We'll just do our best. Cad will uh, lead people out the door if no one else will. Thanks, Cad. The least qualified of anyone. I will send the Vakos to go and find a suitable place. I believe the farther we get 
from the center of the city, the more mm, destitute the citizens. While everyone then is walking and following the mock, Noah, why don't you roll investigation for Vakos just to find somewhere in the lower mains that you can use just as a jumping off point for your teleportation. Hot diggity dog. That's a nat 20 for a total of 23. You, you find the perfect little slum. What a great slum. And an abandoned set of, you know, abodes that you go inside. You don't even have to break in, really. You're just able to worm your way in unnoticed. And as you're all gathered in this derelict home, Cad speaks up again and he says, Now, Val, you're going to take us to the circle. And then from there, we'll have to leave almost immediately. Unless anyone has something in mind, uh, Vamak, you're the one who suggested the Kinlands. Do you know where you want to go or not? No. The only places I have been to in the Kinlands are veiling colonies and work camps. Not so suitable for our needs. I mentioned to Mick last night that my family has a home. Uh, home is generous. But uh, land that we could use... We can go there. Alternatively, we can also go directly to the aspect if we are feeling up to it. Well, I don't believe that would be good. Like Kat said, we would have to act pretty immediately once we got to the circle. And that involves Luna staying behind. That's true. We might as well face Mirlag sooner rather than later. He's right. We can... Go to the Kinlands and make a camp, but then we'll have to teleport back to the University Circle to to go to the Valor Domain anyway. I'll be fine. I promise. Very well. Then Val, take us to the Circle, and when we are there, we shall go and face Miralad. Val will cast Teleport. As the group disappears in a flash of energy that burns apart some of the derelict houses timber, you appear once more in the tunnels beneath the university, the great stone chamber, and the teleportation circle right before you. 